Welcome to Talking Tropes. You're entering a world, a world of tropes, a world of storytelling cliches that just keep repeating, repeating, endlessly repeating. This is a bad Rod Serling impression. It's maybe the worst you've ever heard. But today, our story, Black Mirror, the story of one man, Charlie Brooker, who keeps trying to tell more or less the same moral lesson over and over again, and everyone stopped watching two seasons ago. Yeah, we're talking about Black Mirror, y'all. <laughs> we're talking about Black Mirror. I'm sorry, that went on way too long. Do you no, want me to take that again? I love that. That went great. Let's keep it. Um, yeah, so, so I'm Hannah, and I'm here uh, with intrepid co-host David, and we're, we're taking on... Season five of Black Mirror, and we're also going to talk about Bandersnatch, because um, our, our last Black Mirror sort of all-in review, um, we didn't we didn't really get to talk about that one yet. So, so we're just doing right. them all. We're doing them all. We're doing um, it live. Yeah, and, and I don't know if you can tell from <laughs> that uh that opening <laughs> opening narration, but uh these aren't particularly like groundbreaking episodes anymore i i do find them interesting though and so i'm glad we're talking about them because you know i i'm almost more willing to enjoy something that's bad and interesting like black mirror than something that's like boring and uninteresting yeah um but these are just like like very conflicted stories um yeah let's start with bandersnatch because that's kind of the outlier here i think sure um i I don't know. I I don't. I have like simultaneously so many opinions about Bandersnatch, but then like also no opinions about it except that I kind of like it. Like I don't know. Maybe I'm bad person <laughs> for liking it, um, but but I I am fun. There's nothing wrong with liking it. I think it is fun, and I, I think it does have more of a sense of what it is than a lot of Black Mirror episodes do. A lot of Black Mirror episodes think they're saying, you know, making a point that's bigger than they are. Right. Um, you know, this one is about video games. And it's a meta-commentary on the genre of choose-your-own-adventure stories. Right. So if you have a fondness or nostalgia for, you know, video game narrative uh, or choose-your-own-adventure stories, uh, then, then this is this is for you because it's to teach it's to give you it's a little that, something. Basically. Like it, like it yeah. is a video game, basically. Or it is a video here. game. It, it it definitely gave me um, a lot of flashbacks to like uh, playing Undertale, where also there's you know this n- nature of choice and timelines, and it leads you down a certain path. And I also got a lot of flashbacks to the Stanley Parable. You know, just like. Things that comment on the nature of choice in like a meta sort of way, and th- that's what this was. Yeah. Um, one of the directions that they didn't go down, which I thought they might, because this is something that people have actually told me is a real thing that happens, is that um, Netflix is using these experimental choose your own adventure stories to try and better improve their algorithm to try and predict human decision making. So, like, you know, to get you to click more, to get you to keep watching, they know where to place things and, you know, what choices you'll make uh, to, to keep watching or to, to stop watching. You know, they're collecting all this data and putting it into their thinking computer. That's fascinating. I mean, it's also slightly terrifying. But, I mean, I feel like that's exactly what Black Mirror is supposed to be a little bit fascinating right. and terrifying. Yeah, a big flaw with with any choose your own adventure story, I think, is they they all sort of tend to like lose out on having a main character. What do you mean by that? Well, I don't think that this character was very, you know, had much personality to him. He had like a oh. history and a story, but he was kind of self inserty, and I think that kind of goes for a lot of stories. Where you're playing as, you know, a, a protagonist, you know, like Link doesn't talk in Legend of Zelda. Right. But I, I think there are certainly like sort of choose choose your own narrative games. Like I, I haven't played a lot of them, but, um, you know, like I played like Mass Effect and in that, like you definitely feel like your character has a personality and it sort of gives you two different kinds like versions of that personality you can sort of be like the rogue version or the angelic version but you don't have to stick to one route like you can 
switch back and forth kind of at your will. Well, you can do different things, but I mean, I think Shepard is kind of a blank slate. You really? Know? I mean... I mean, you pick a little bit I'm of a backstory that. that, like, informs sort of, like, some of the things you say in various cutscenes, and, like, like I don't know. I feel like there's... Like, you get to make decisions about the character, but, like, the character still does kind of exist as a person. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. Well, in any case, this particular one suffers, I think. Um, yes. He's not the the strongest character. It's also hard, though, to do that because, like, again, you're the one making a lot of the decisions, so you feel more in control rather than this character. Right. But, I mean, the whole point is that even your decisions as the viewer don't matter. So, you know, there's levels to this, right? So on the first level, um, the, the, the main character is making decisions and has the ability to make all decisions, so is basically not making any decisions. On the narrative level, you can see that the character is being forced to make decisions. He doesn't want to. Um, because of what you're clicking. And then on a meta level, your decisions, uh, you know, don't, don't matter because they're determined by the story and all paths lead to, you know, these artificial endings. And Mm. then even more than that, your decisions don't matter because all the decisions are being presented to you by Netflix for the purpose of entertaining other people. Right? Like, there's a lot of levels to it. Yeah, there are. But I think there's so many levels that, like, the story itself becomes irrelevant. And that, you know, it's like, if, if your whole story lives in the meta, like, how do I do get invested in it? you actually have a story? Right. Yeah. So the guy's, the guy's making a video game. And if he makes a, the video game without um, going down the rabbit hole of his own psyche, then the video game just is doesn't do very well and he doesn't make any money off of it. And those are like the bad endings. Yeah. And then the good endings are the ones where he dies or goes <laughs> to jail and goes crazy. Uh, or finds out that he's in a Netflix show or. Right. So there's the one really, really meta ending where yeah. you find out that Netflix, um, you know, is creating the show. And then like he as a character is kind of seeing through the, um, you know, through the fourth wall. And so the character is like inhabiting the body of the, the actor. actor playing him. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, he's so method. And then it cuts <laughs> to black. Yeah. And it says, you want to try again? Cause they just want to keep you watching, keep you watching like a lot of the same footage over and over again. Um, but I think, you know, it, it's interesting partially because this is one of the few episodes that takes place in the past. It's sort than of in the future. This speculative past rather than a speculative future. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing even really speculative about it. It's just um, pure horror, you know, classic sense. Like, I mean, it's like vaguely sci-fi. They talk about like alternate dimensions and like or alternate yeah, alternate timelines. Time it's 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 much more. It's the closest they actually get, I think, in the entire show to actually being a uh, an episode of Twilight Zone. Sure. Yeah. Because in the Twilight Zone, surreal stuff just happens. And there can be like a semi-scientific explanation, but it's not about improvements in technology usually. It's usually just like the unexplained, things beyond our understanding. And that's what this is. And um, they do oversimplify it a lot. And I think think narratives are becoming really bored with the concept of timelines – um, you know, especially with like time travel and like multiple universes and, you know, like, like we have Rick and Morty to be like, all right, there's infinite copies and everyone's making every conceivable decision in the cosmos. Right. You know, it, it just seems like we're, we're, we're about to, we're about to run into a big wall narratively where if everything's nihilistic and it's not real nihilism because it's a story with a message. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I don't think, like, nihilism is the only thing that comes from, like, multiple timelines and, like, infinite universes. It's also, like, the boredom of, like, having any possibilities. Like, I I tend to think that... Yeah, narcissism and boredom, I think they kind of go hand in hand, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, it, it Like, it's just the idea that, like, if anything's possible, 
yeah, I guess it's that sort of nihilistic thing. It's like, well, why bother? <laughs> yeah, it's not real nihilism, but it's like faux intellectual nihilism where right. you haven't really grappled with the like the absurdism of it, but you're just kind of like remarking like, oh man, isn't it fucked up? Like the only way out is to kill yourself, but even that isn't a way out. Like right. it's just like dark, edgy bullshit <laughs> at a certain point. Yeah, and I mean, especially here, it's it's very kind of edgelordy yeah here let's go over some tropes for this one we haven't done tropes for for episodes in a while yeah Um, there's one trope which i've never heard of before called the password is always swordfish okay um which is just like you know the password is always something meaningful that the the main character will know Uh, so stefan um he's always trying to break into the safe to see what his like parents are hiding from him and the code is usually something that's relevant to the specific timeline he's in because it's unclear if the um, if the safe is part of like a dream sequence or if it is real or if it's part of like the timelines or something. Um, do you got the trope page up? I do. I'm looking through to see sort of any like interesting ones. Um, oh, one thing that happened in this is there was like a let's take drugs scene. Um, I don't know if there's a specific name for that like tripping tripping through time mind-altering trip or whatever um or like magic mushrooms or something like that oh mushroom mushroom samba that's what it is um isn't isn't that a reference to the uh cowboy bebop episode i believe so that is where that comes from are you excited for the netflix adaptation uh we'll see i don't know we'll see I also have weird opinions about Cowboy Bebop, so we can get into that a different time. Um, All right. At us. (laughs) Yeah. At me if you want me to talk about my weird Cowboy Bebop opinions um, that Mm. are are honestly probably different if I watched it again today. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. They do the drug scene and like, it's fine for the most part. But I just like don't love drug scenes. Like it's not. Why particular... are you are you square? Are you no, some I kind just, of square. I just find them kind of boring. I'm like, oh yeah, this character is so out of their mind. Like unless they're actually like doing something interesting or like walking on a cliff. Like the ending is kind of impactful because the his friend that he takes drugs with ends up like killing himself. Um, it's fun that he he dies in that timeline, and then if you go back, he's like the uh, Stefan knows that he's dead in that other timeline. Yeah. Um, so he does kind of retain some information, even as you like restart and like do things again. Right. Um, so there's some complex coding at work. I'd love to see like the actual path as it is like laid out in a chart somewhere. If anybody has it. Yeah. Um, Adam, I did kind of like the little like recurring symbol um, that they had. Yeah. It was the symbol from white bear. You remember? Oh, is it? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was also in White Bear. Yeah, oh, I like Donnie. Um, I don't know if it's I don't know if that's relevant in any way, but the way that they use the symbol as like kind of being like a coding you know thing <laughs> from the '80s when you used to have to sketch out and plan all of your uh, codes in like thought form. Right. That was pretty smart. Yeah. No, I mean that totally makes sense. Like that's how you sort of write like a flowchart like that um, with like multiple branching pathways. Is sort of using those little, like, boop, boop, staircase, like, family tree type symbol things. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, freaking Black Mirror just loves referencing itself. And, like, at first it was kind of, like, clever. Or, like, I don't it know. Was it was never clever. Never, it was never clever. It really started in, in season four, right? No, like, season and three. We really, it was in season three, too? Yeah. Oh, man. But, like, season four, like, we were season pointing four, out, like, yeah. it was just obnoxious. Yeah, it was, like, everywhere. And that sort of continued a little bit in, in Bandersnatch. Um, where, you know, like, I, I didn't recognize the the symbol from White Bear. Um, but, you know, like, they have, they have, like, the other successful games are, like, Metalhead and Nosedive. And, like, literal yeah. names of, like, past episodes and you know like they have the saint juniper's uh like mental hospital where he goes or whatever and it's san junipero and it's just so much 
in conclusion, um, if you're going to do a choose your own adventure story, how about like you can have a little bit of meta stuff, but it can't be all meta stuff. It's gotta yeah. have some substance. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. If you're going was to have a substance? character murder his own father, you know, <laughs> maybe you should build it up. Yeah, that really felt unearned. Because it's just, it's not his choice. He's being controlled by the gods, which is you, but you're being controlled by the Netflix gods. Right, exactly. Oh, it's meta. Like, it's this weird false, I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like narratives like this are always trying to critique, like, people who enjoy entertainment that, like... Yeah, how dare induces, you enjoy things. Right, well, in, in, in that... Uh, creates violence or forces characters to do things and like how could you you monster isn't it messed up to have control like this over other people's lives like wouldn't you hate that if you weren't the author of your own destiny and it's just like yeah but like you're making money off of this like we're only enjoying yeah. it because you put it out there like I, I don't yeah. know what you really want from us you know like yeah you're, you're... I feel the same way about Toy Story 4, but we'll, we'll oh, cover that Oh, dang. Time. I haven't watched it yet, but okay. <laughs> now I'll have to... Stop making me feel bad, Toy Story 4. <laughs> Is it very anti-Marie Kondo? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> uh... Um. All right, well, let's move on to uh, Season 5 proper. All right, so there's three episodes this time, back down from six, which, I mean, probably a good idea. Um, well, I mean, you would... Actually, I think it's a bad idea. Because, why? like, because these episodes, they they don't have enough variety um, to distinguish themselves from one another, eh. in my opinion. But, like, they're also, like overly trying to create like this sense that they're all different from each other so like you just know. don't have enough to like do things differently. I, I disagree because like in the first season we got three very different episodes and the same thing in the fourth season like all of those episodes were different and they were only three season episodes like i don't think it's the ep like the series length that really hurts it well let me let me give you an example okay so all three of these stories have a bittersweet ending and that's 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 not even me talking. That's TV tropes. They okay. all have the trope bittersweet ending listed on there. Okay. None of them are really the dark ending, you know? Sure. They're all kind of like, hmm, you know, makes you think, huh? Yeah. Kind of makes you think. That kind of ending can work, but it can't be the ending of every single episode. Sometimes you have to have the dark ending where the guy dies at the end and everything is like miserable and right. there's no upside. Or the kid and gets arrested. And sometimes you have to have the pure happy ending where, like, you know, the hero succeeds. I mean, you don't necessarily have to have that for Black Mirror, but you have historically. Right. You know, in episodes like Callister. Well, yeah, but that's not good. I don't know. I liked Callister a little mm. bit. Um, but the the point being, like, this season, the endings are all the same. Um, and But they're trying to go for, like, these really different tones. So, like, one is, like, a... A down-to-earth romance, and one is like a high-stress, uh, high-stress shootout Hostage kidnapping situation. situation, and one is like a quirky teen. Oh my comedy. god, I can't even deal with the fucking last we'll one. We'll get there. Ugh. You want to start with striking vipers then? Because that's my yeah. Old I god. can't deal with this one either. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, like. This is this is what Charlie Booker drifts off to. Yeah, but it should be illegal to release this during Pride Month. Like, just saying. It should be illegal to release this ever. <laughs> um, this is like Ugh. disgusting, and not because it involves like transracial characters, or not even because it's like confusing in the way that it presents like uh, you know bisexuality. Not even in the fact that, like, it implies that, like, bestiality is involved in, like, experimenting with your sexuality in, like, a legitimate way. Just because this, I just don't like to watch people produce their own porn for millions of dollars. <laughs> I just don't like it. That's just not what I want on my Netflix. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. It's just, like... There's literally no nuance to this episode or, like, actual understanding of, like, people 
like grappling with their sexuality and like it's just it's so it's so frustrating it's like nah we're not gay we just like fucking in a video game wouldn't you bro and it's like and my wife's cool with it once a year like what the fuck are you talking about like so for those of you who didn't watch, because I know we have some people who, who listen to us and then don't watch uh, yeah. uh, until afterward. I mean, don't watch this one. <laughs> don't watch this one. This is about this is about uh, a guy he hasn't seen his friend in a long time. A guy named Danny. Yeah, he's got to be called Danny. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's Danny, and he's got a friend Carl, and his wife' name is Theo, um, and like. You know, they've been friends since way back, and then his friend comes back to, into his life, and he's, like, this suave, sexy bachelor guy, and uh, Danny's, like, a married guy with a kid, sort of living that, he's like, suburban he's life. a family man. Yeah. So, you know, kind of boring. And he's kind of bored and with so his life. so they reconnect by playing video games that involve virtual reality. Yeah. But if you know anything about porn, uh, everything is just an excuse for people to fuck. So... Like in any porn, as soon as the two people are in a situation where people aren't watching them, they start having graphic sex. Make like, out sex. Yeah. Yeah. On, uh, pretty much on screen. And then, again, like the next time <laughs> I mean, that they, they get a chance. I mean, they do cut to black. They cut to black, you know, for for the kids who are watching this. I hope not. Um <laughs> but but the idea is that like in this game the virtual reality is so advanced that you can feel the physical sensations and so you know they play the same characters that they always played as like young adults in this like regular like fighting game and now the virtual reality kind his friend Carl is this like sexy like busty girl and uh <laughs> Danny's like this like muscly ripped dude and they like start fighting but then eventually they're like what if we fucked <laughs> and then they do it's like it's like immediate just, I mean like it's just, it's like, literally the pacing it. of any porn like, yeah well okay it's the pacing of a porn yeah but so they just like continue to have sex in the game and like Danny basically becomes really distant from his wife and doesn't want to have sex with her because he's too tired from having virtual sex with his friend Carl. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't really explore it, I guess is the thing. No, like, it, it doesn't. Just... It's just like, Theo's like, are you seeing someone else? And he's like, no, no. I love you. And then so he cu calls it off. Yeah. But like, Carl's like a sex addict for this video game now. And it's like, I've tried doing it with other people, but it's not the same. It needs to be you. And so like, they, they do it like one more time. And then he's like, meet me in an alleyway in the rain. And then they meet in the rain and they're like, all right, we got to find out if we're really gay for each other. Let's kiss. And then they do it. And like, they're like, nope, I didn't feel anything. Let's just keep fucking in the game because we're not really gay. We're just game gay, and that's okay. And it's just like, what are you talking about? It's about <laughs> pornography versus reality. And so they they really, their only connection is that they're just both, they're J.O. bros. They, they jerk off together. Oh, my um, God. But they jerk off using virtual reality, so it's romantic. Yeah, um, and technically with each other. And also with Asian versions of themselves. Yes. Because race has to also be a part of it. Because Charlie Berger doesn't know what he's saying, so he has to throw as many different signifiers onto this, like, weirdness to make it seem like, no, guys, it's not porn. It's commentary. Ugh. It's porn. Even if it's commentary, it's commentary on the fact that all media is porn. Is, is that what this is trying to say? I don't know what it's trying to say. It's trying to say, like, listen, if you jerk off to pornography, you can't have a happy marriage unless your wife is into it. Yeah, it's just like... It's trying to say two good friends can jerk off together and, uh, and still be friends. And your wife can just fuck a guy once a year. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, it's about adultery and pornography and yeah. saying that they're the same. 
which I mean, that's kind of problematic. Yeah. I, I don't know if I agree with that I think assessment it's, necessarily. That's really problematic. But like, it's also the sort of thing where it's like, it feels like sort of an emotional cheat because you are, it, it's not just like, you know, it's like, when does something become pornography versus cheating? Like, maybe there is a line there somewhere, you know? Well, that's what it's trying to say, but I just don't like buy it at all. Like, clearly this is just pornography because even if you're feeling the sensations you have none of the the risk factors that that are involved with it you don't actually have any emotional connection because like as they establish like if it's them in real life it, it doesn't work but like it still is them and it feels like an emotional connection you know that's built off of their friendship and then, like in the same way that like jerking off on like a phone chat line or like to a cam girl or something like no risk of like getting uh you know like stis or anything right well i mean that's what it's like so if if you consider that to be pornography which i do like then it's still pornography and not i mean i think that's that's sex work like i think once you get a live human involved i don't know that i sort of i feel different when there's another human it's sex work but it's it's uh, i don't think it i don't don't know i don't i think it would be up to the person in particular to define whether it's uh adultery or not yeah I, I mean, I think, I think if you put it up to a jury, you know, like You're gonna because get adultery opinions. does actually play. Yeah, I think because it does actually, you know, play like adultery does actually play into like custody and stuff. Sure. So if you had like a guy who repeatedly called phone sex lines, I don't think that you would necessarily use that in court. I think as you justification. might. You I might totally try to, but might. I don't know. I don't know if there's any precedent on that. Yeah. Um, any uh, do any uh, family court lawyers in our audience? <laughs> Or people who know a lot about pornography? Let us know. I'm going to get followed by a shit ton of porn bots now. Oh, Um, God. Yeah, no. no, Like, this... That's why we shouldn't have talked about this episode. We should have just pretended it didn't exist. Oh, my God. I wish... And, like, they have fucking Anthony Mackie in this. I'm like, Anthony, you're better than this. What are you doing? Is he that much better? What is he in? He's uh he's in all the Marvel movies. He's, he's uh yeah no I know he's not Captain great in those. He's fine. Yeah, he's all of them Cap- are fine. They're all passable. I like he's. I don't know. I like him. <laughs> I like him, and I don't like this, so I'm sad that he's in it. That's that's my opinion. All right, that's a good opinion. Um, anything else to say about this one? No, it's bad. Um. It, uh, Probably Brooker doesn't know how to write people with kids, which I think is weird because he probably yeah. has kids. I mean, maybe he just doesn't find people with kids interesting. Yeah, maybe he hates them. Well, he did write that one uh, episode last year about the helicopter mom. Yeah, that was awful. Uh, yeah. I hated that. <sighs> <sighs> All right. Well, let's move on to Smithereens. Smithereens. This is another uh, Black Mirror episode that takes place more or less in a in a present day setting. It's sort of an alternate world a little bit. Yeah. Um, Starring... Topher Grace is in this one. So is Topher Andrew. Grace is my fave. I mean, I love Topher Grace. He does a great job here. Um, so does Andrew Scott, who some people might know from um, playing Moriarty in the BBC version of Sherlock with um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, but he's the the sort of kidnapper in this episode. And I think he's not given a lot to work with, but I think he does a really like try hard, great job with the like shitty script that he's, he's kind of dealing with, you know, (laughs) this is just such Charlie Brooker's, this is just such Charlie Brooker's like mad rant. Oh, this is yeah. his YouTube. This Here's is his YouTube channel. I was totally on board <laughs> up until the fucking sob story on the phone. No, oh, I, I don't wasn't. know. I well, I was. I bought into it. I was like, okay, what the fuck? I could sort of see it coming, and I was really disappointed when that's what the episode was. It was, but. But I was hoping, I was holding out hope that, like, it would be better. And then it wasn't. Right, so, like, a crazy person kidnaps a guy who works for what is essentially Facebook. Right. It's Um, like Facebook-Twitter hybrid or something. Right, because he wants to threaten them to be able to just talk to uh, the Mark Zuckerberg stand-in played by Topher Grace. Yeah. And to tell him 
that he blames the app for killing his wife because he checked his uh, phone while driving and got into a car accident that killed his wife. Right, because, you and know, he wants he's... to kind of confess that it was his fault, but also blame the, you know, the owner of the company that mm-hmm. it was his fault. It's kind of like a, he's kind of messed up. Yeah. Well, and he also, he believes it's his fault because he's like, I read that, you know, you make you make these things addictive. You do it on purpose so that you'll check. And, you know, it's a fucking Mark Zuckerberg, true. like, apology letter, basically, where Topher Grace character is just like, yeah, I, this thing has just grown so much bigger than I, I ever imagined, and I can't really stop it now or or change it. And you're right, man, it's, it's messed up. And, oh, all these, like, corporate people just want to control me and tell me what to say and won't let me be human. <laughs> so right like... so like here's the thing like in the same way that for the last one we just had a really interesting conversation about it even though we both hate the episode yeah um like we just had an interesting conversation about the difference between adultery and pornography and the fact that the line's getting blurred which was charlie brooker's intention right i feel like the same thing happens in this episode where i don't enjoy the episode really while watching it but it does spark a conversation in me which is like you know the corporations and what power they have over us and how unreachable they are even though they're just you know normal people and that was also charlie booker's intention sure but he just the problem with it for me the reason i hate this episode is because he just mixes it in mixes it in so much with his own rantings about like Oh, you motherfuckers, you all dress this you all dress the same, you know? Why would an intern be wearing a suit? Yeah. Uh, you all you, you all dress in sweatpants, you fucking I hate you, your company culture. Uh-huh. But but it's like an amusing rant kind of. Like I couldn't take it seriously almost. Like I, like it was enjoyable. I, I don't know. Like I yeah. I liked that rant. The one I didn't like was the one where he was like, I killed my wife by checking my phone and also it's your fault kind of Yeah, I mean Whatever. I didn't like either of them and there were other like complaints and stuff about, you know, oh the oh the rich the rich people and they yeah. got so much money and they're always, you know, <laughs> and they're, they're always on, unreachable. unreachable retreats and you know, they're all the corporations are just worried about covering their asses. They're always passing the buck. Yeah. Uh there's a lot of like references to the fact that like Facebook can do police work better than the police now. Yeah. Um because they just, they just have, just have so all of your data. information right there. Yeah. And like they don't have any restrictions on like looking into your private data, <laughs> but you have restrictions on looking into like your children's private data. Right. So there's some like commentary that isn't completely asinine, but then there's a ton of the stuff that's just like, oh, you're a bunch of phonies. Right. Well, you so, okay, phony so, with your ponytail. So there's like a I, I kind of want to talk about the subplot. Like it's like a sub basement plot. Like it's halfway to the center of the earth. Because um, there's one moment yeah. in the beginning, and then it happens again at the end. Um, no, it's a bookend. I all think right, it's a good bookend. Right, it's a bookend. I think it's solid. I, I liked this bookend where um, Chris, the, the kidnapper, is in a like support group for people who have lost someone. And we don't know at this point who he's lost. And he sort of connects with a woman who is basically like, hey, we're both lonely and sad. Why don't we fuck? Um, so they do that. And then... Um, while they're sort of in bed, a timer goes off on her phone for her to try to check uh, her daughter's to try to log into her daughter's Facebook account after she committed suicide um, to try to see if there is something on there that sort of explained it, um, like why she would have done something like that. Uh, and, you know, she isn't able to. And so she keeps trying password after password after password and can't get in. Um, and you know, this sort of resonates with Chris and he, when he finally gets uh Topher Grace's character on the phone, um, he, he has him put in a call with the guy who runs that social media site and get the, the password unlocked and sent to her, um, so that she can see it. And like, I think that's like, I kind of like that, but part of me is like, it's not healthy for this mom to be looking for closure there, you know, like, I mean, where people choose to find closure and what's healthy and what's not. I mean, you can only find out by trying 
And the fact is that she wasn't finding closure elsewhere. Sure. You know, and I think like the closure that she finds because like the password was named after the the boat. Is that right? It was uh, a boat password. Yeah. So it was oh, like it was she... a fucking numbers on a boat from a picture that they were all in. And it was stupid. It was a stupid password choice. No, well, I mean, it's just supposed to be like, well, she did have good times. You know, she did, you know, have fond memories of her family going on trips and stuff. So. At least when she made her account. At least when she made her account. But that's, you know, that's enough. Yeah. Like, I think that was supposed to be like the closure for, for her. Um, was at that point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I Other things that... I liked about this episode. I liked the interactions with the police and the tech company. Like there's some fun stuff there. Um, like I, I liked some of the conversations between Chris and the kidnappy. Like, I, I don't know. I think they played well off of each other. It was just um, such a, like, you know, you want like there to be like, you want no one to die. And also everyone there wants it that no one will die. Right. Like, and so there's all this tension in the idea that like, you know, everyone's just trying to deescalate the situation, but no one can. Right. And that's, that's, that's good script writing. What's bad script writing is just having like so much screen time dedicated to these police officers who are completely faceless. Nobody's. Or, like, you know, taking the time to have, like, these kids, like, videotaping the the events and being like, look, they're on the phones. But that's how it gets out, you know, and that's how things escalate. So, like, they use it as an escalation device, not just, like, oh, kids well, these days. Well, how does that escalate it? I don't remember. Uh, I believe, like, the kids take pictures of um, something on the phone and then... Uh, like, I don't know, like, the tech company is able to locate someone through that, or, uh, oh, like, he sees that, like, the the kids text, like, oh, the police are moving in, or something like that, and, well, like, they he sees they it. They could have done it without that, I just yeah, think. Yeah, I don't know, I didn't hate it. Yeah, that's interesting, we both hate different things about this episode. Um, I just really hate that last speech. I kind of liked everything else, and I yeah, don't. I don't like the Mark Zuckerberg apologist bullshit, where it's like, "Oh, I'm just a hapless CEO who came up." Well, with I think you're supposed thing. to interpret that as being kind of bullshit because he is kind of just making it all about him, and they kind of point that out mid uh, mid rant. I I just love Topher Grace, and I don't think he can do <laughs> any wrong. No, Topher does Grace does Topher Grace does great. Um, and I think if you're looking for someone to be a good Mark Zuckerberg apologist stand-in, he's an excellent choice. Oh, he's just so good at his job. I just want to, th- I just want to thank him because he gets no respect. Um, <laughs> no for respect. anything he does. I just want to thank him for all the great work he does. Topher, you're appreciated. Truly. You're the best Spider-Man villain. <laughs> oh God. Um, all right. Do you have anything else you wanted to say about this one? Um, well, I will say... This is the, the highest rated one on IMDb. Of the three? Yeah, of the three. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely at least the most cohesive and the most, yeah. like, close to an actual movie. Yeah. Um, I, uh, got in a car accident <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> and no one died, but... Yay! Um, I think it would have probably fucked me up, too. I mean, yeah, for sure. But would you kidnap someone? I might. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, uh, there's also sort of kidnapping in Rachel Jack and Ashley 2, the third uh, episode of of this season of Black Mirror. Um, Which is like, what if the, uh, I don't know, like the parent trap was written by a sadistic monster who hated cell phones here's the thing this is a narrative that is entirely not unique unoriginal like uninteresting played out to death narrative and they just added in some like weird technology elements to it to make it quote-unquote black mirror-y but otherwise it's like the same fucking bullshit as any Pop stars aren't all happy and smiles. 
Like, they have sad lives, too, don't you know? Like, they can Everybody have makes mistakes. Yeah. Everybody like... has those days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this one's about Hannah Montana. Um, it is. Starring Hannah Montana. Uh, and she's sad because she's a famous celebrity, but her manager aunt is mean and makes her too corporate and polished and won't let her write the the sad and she's emo drugging songs. Her. Well, okay, and she's drugging her, which is for <laughs> sure not great. And then she does eventually drug and like coma kidnap her so that she can extract songs from her brain. Um so the ant character is like pretty fucking evil in this. But like <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like you're still a rich famous bitch like ugh I just don't even care. I feel like I'm totally justified now in um in my my belief that uh, uh Black Museum from last season. Uh, I made the comment that I'm pretty sure that th- they were mainly commenting on holograms like of Mo- of Michael Jackson and stuff. Okay. That was my con- that was my contention from last time, if you recall. Um, okay. Like you were saying, it was more about like you know how we uh, sensationalize. Th- things in the media about like criminals and i was like no this is charlie brooker saying i hate the michael jackson hologram and i feel Um, totally vindicated in this one he hates the michael jackson hologram so much okay yes he He does it he really does he doesn't like pop star holograms he hates them he's so mad he's so mad this here's the thing there's like too much and simultaneously nothing happening. It, no, a lot happens. There's just too much happening, I feel like. Is that just me? Um, I feel like it's just way too, like, mainstream uh, mainstream Hollywood narrative mixed with, like, this, like, creepy, like, almost, like, fetishistic hatred for technology. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, like, I feel like this, this is more sort of like an overall thing, but I feel like... Black Mirror has just evolved into exactly that, a fetishistic hatred of technology instead of any sort of, like, interesting Commentary. critique on it. Right. It's no. just like, nope, it's all bad. We should get rid of it and just go back to being cavemen. I'm like, I'm fucking waiting for, like, a, uh, like, Planet of the Apes style, like, oh, we're all cavemen again and we find, like, iPads buried in the dirt. <laughs> And, well, like, the thing I'm is, like, Brooker also does, season. yeah, well, you know, like, Brooker also does the transhumanist thing, where, like, you know, it's all about us transitioning into a virtual life, because, like, San Junipero, and the one about the dating app, and the one uh, I mean, this season, even, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and Striking, Striking Viper is the, you know, the kind of, like, bittersweet ending, but but still, like, it's saying, you know, you can find love and happiness and fulfillment in the virtual world. Right. So he's kind of like this transhumanist. Like we just have to escape all of this ideology and, and commercialism and, you know, people on their phones all the time and right, distractions. Here's the interesting part of that is that I feel like that sort of taken to its logical extreme within the confines of our, like, honestly, currently capitalist society, you end up with uh, the episode from oh god i think it's season one um where let me just look it up um yeah 50 you just end up with 15 million merits where you know you're spending all your time working so that you can furnish this virtual life instead of a real one and then you know you find a way to break out of the system but you just end up like profiting off of it anyway you know, there's no real revolution to be had like like that was a story, you know. But like that was now he, yeah. but now he, fe- it feels like he's like, ah, eh, no, let's let's uh let's go back to just like, let's just all live in a computer and date there, and that's how dating apps work too. <laughs> yeah, he's just become like uh, he's he's just this is just like his spew and i just feel like i can see charlie brooker through the text you know i can oh, see yeah. him through the typewriter which is is never what you want from your your storytelling no. you, you want to lose sight of the writer um in the reality of the universe yeah and you you want to enjoy what the piece of media is sort of 
talking about, even if you don't like agree with it, you know, like, like I enjoyed 15 million merits, but like, it's not like I was like, yeah, I love this society, <laughs> you know, like you don't have to make a society I like for me to enjoy the episode. More than just talking in the abstract, like let's just dive into like the story. We okay. got some tropes, bro. We got bumbling dad and oh we've got God. awkward teenager and then we've got angsty teen and then we've got the dead mom and the dead mom this is what makes them the awkward and the angsty. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, you just got like the bumbling oh, dad. He so makes uh, he makes mouse traps, but but they're humane because they only electrocute uh, electrocute the mice, which is not particularly humane. Ugh. Uh, he it's it's interest it's interesting. They they spend an entire like sequence doing this uh, talent show that goes nowhere. And that isn't relevant to anything. Oh, my God. The talent show subplot is so bad. Like, I feel like, like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, it's confused about who this story actually needs to be about. And, like, it it tries to convince us that this, like, lonely girl who gets the, like, Ashley doll is the main character. And that we should care about her and her plight and her struggles. But then she does this talent show and fails. And then, like, nothing comes of it, basically. Um, and like, except then you're that, like, um, except that she hides the, the doll. I think that's like the plot. Right. She hides the doll, but then she just brings the doll right back out when they find out that Ashley, the pop star in real life is in a coma and she brings right. it back out to comfort her sister. But I'm like, you know, like the dad keeps like missing things. Like he misses the, um, the talent show. Cause he's too busy talking to someone about his mouse trap or whatever, and like i don't know he's got like a brain computer in their basement or something that's really just there to be a plot device for when they need to unlock the the I thought it was Ashley just a computer and they just plugged it into a USB drive no you saw that like brain scan thing earlier when he was like doing something with the mice and i'm like how is oh. he like brain scanning mice also why if you're just electrocuting also. them like, I don't understand. Like, it feels like there were, like, like, it's needed, like, two more drafts, you know? Like, you just needed to explain, make, just streamline things a little bit more, you know? Like, yeah. are we supposed to get some sort of catharsis from, like, the dad, like, actually realizing, hey, you need to spend more time with your kids? Or are it's we supposed, supposed to be... be a sister drama? Or is it supposed to be a coming of age? Or is it supposed to be a pop star narrative? And why is it all of these things simultaneously and bad at all of them? It's supposed you know? to be parallels, you know? You're supposed to look not. at it and go, like, look, these teen pop stars, they're still teens. You know, they're they're going through the same emotional struggles as your average awkward teen. And then it's trying to be like, and also, you know, angst is just exactly the same thing as this like reversion to, you know, girly, poppy, um, you know, girl powerisms. Yeah. Of, like you can do anything. You're beautiful. You're, you know, exceptional. And yeah. he's trying to draw this connection. Like, you know, all of this is facade, including the, this older sister's like, you know, angsty bullshit. Yeah. But Whether like that then they leave But then they lean into the angsty bullshit at the end with like a very I don't know. This also felt like an excuse to just kind of like hate on teen girls, which like I always hate in media. Um, you know, not that I particularly I think it was trying to be sympathetic, stars. but I mean it really shows how like Brooker's um, you know, mind works that this is what he thinks is sympathetic about it's, the it's, teen experience. It sort of ends within this like not like other girls sort of well like, it ends with the nine inch nails concert yeah so it's like you know I mean, it's literally a nine inch nails song yes uh it ends with miley cyrus and like the the one sister jack uh they formed a band and now they sing nine inch Nails songs at like dingy bars and you know like there's like these two girls who were like fans of her old stuff who like came to this bar and like we're just excited to see her, but then, you know, they basically get, like, chased out of the place and are like, oh, that was so terrible. Like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know what you showed up 
expecting, first of all. Like, like it's just, like, such straw man of, like, fans sometimes. I don't know. I think it's more just, like, you know, pop music is polished, which makes it inauthentic. Um, you know, grunge music, not polished and also not corporate, therefore authentic. It's a very mm. Gen X way of looking at um, the music industry. It's very Kurt yeah. Cobain. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's sort of passe now because now what we have is SoundCloud independent rappers. artists, popular artists, SoundCloud rappers. You know, corporatism, like, is not really something that we even care about. Like, the concept of selling out for our generation Almost doesn't, like exist. doesn't exist. Right, because we just assume you have to. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, if we if you don't sell out, that's great, but like we won't have heard of you and our friends right. won't have heard of you. So we won't be able to right. share in that. And Twitter means that, you know, even if you haven't sold out, like even if you're independent, like a YouTuber or something, right. you're still like profiting off of like corporate pandering and just pandering to the masses and you know right. all exactly. this other stuff. But we don't really care because it's just we have total freedom of who we follow. Right. Um, we're not being fed anything by corporations, except for we, we're being fed everything by corporations because right. it's social media. Yeah. Um, the algorithm but Gen Xers can't understand all. that. So they're like, social media, everyone's on the, everyone's on the iPhones. And Following the, the Katy Perry. iPads and the, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new Charlie Brooker voice. He sounds like that now. <laughs> How's everybody on the iPads? I see now. Charlie Brooker. Chocolate frosty milkshakes. Probably has a British accent. Probably he does. (laughs) Oi, what's with all these iPads then? Just give him a really (laughs) cockney accent. Um. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. um, we didn't talk about many tropes for for the other episodes. You want to like go through some tropes? Sure. Um, let's look at some striking vipers tropes. I mean, um, okay. Oh, I see here on TV tropes it says uh, that the there's the the name striking vipers is supposed to be like a double entendre. Oh like, my god! It's like you know they're whipping their cobras at each other. They're vipers. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a romantic rain. You know, they have the big rain scene where they meet and they kiss. It's a lot of romantic rain there. Yeah. But that can work. I mean. Well, like, that's the thing is, like, you know, he's denying that, like, there's any attraction in person. But it's like, is he an unreliable narrator or not? You know, like, are we supposed to believe him when he says no or. This is scenery porn. What did you think of, like, all the, like, backgrounds and the shots that they did for the video game, like, virtual reality world? Um, shit. What did I think about them? Oh, it, so I've I've played a couple games in VR before, um, specifically the game Fruit Ninja, and the backgrounds literally just looked like the Fruit Ninja backgrounds <laughs> in VR. <laughs> That's like all I could think about, kind of, when I Fruit saw them. Fruit Ninja. Yeah. What else we got? We've got Slap Slap Kiss, where, you know, uh, they, like, fight. It's when you fight for a little bit, and then you, like, make out because you're so... Your adrenaline is so high from all the fighting that you just have to fuck now. Um, yeah. They've got that. And, and, you know, like, I think if somebody did try to do a queer reading of this story, they would just end up with this story is excessively straight. Yeah. <laughs> this it's, story is so straight. It's like so the straight. straightest gay story ever. So it's like, just, like you would have bad. to, you would have to, you would have to start from the perspective of, okay, we have to, think about what this story is from Carl's perspective, but we never go right. into what that actually means for him, what it means to like be a woman. Sometimes, you know, he's not gender fluid. He's not, you know, whatever. Like we right, don't like go into that in any level of detail. They could have explored like that could have been the whole episode and it would have been fascinating. But like, instead they're just like, no, nah, I'm a normal. It's dude. a male I fantasy. It's like a straight to... male fantasy, which is that right. like, it's a, you know, it's a man trapped in a woman's body that you get to like take advantage of. Right. Um, or not, but not take advantage of because she's into it. Be taken know? advantage of, like he's he's secretly a whatever, whatever sexuality you yeah. you want to call it. She's she's a she's a straight woman with a straight man. Yeah. 
Mmm. Porn. Um, bad. I don't know. There's a couple of the, like, walking shirtless scenes where, you know, just... Yeah. Just... <laughs> like, all of the video game scenes, they're always, like, mm-hmm. half-naked. Uh, let's see. In Smithereen, uh, we've got some more tropes. There's, um... The, the clueless boss stereotype, um, which I think is, you know, that's, that's, that's Topher. Um, he one just thing doesn't we, know what's going on in his company. One thing we didn't really talk about, um, about Smithereen is there's like a semi-ambiguous ending where the police end up oh, firing right. on the car during a struggle that the hostage, um, right. And, I think the, the implication Chris is have. that they, they shoot the, 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 the teen the intern like that's the implication but i've read other criticisms where people are like clearly they shot chris like the kidnapper and i was like why why is that clear i it wasn't clear particularly um i mean i think the you know the implication of cutting away is that the worst possible thing happened and what would be the worst possible thing in that situation is that the person who was trying to kill himself lives and the person who was trying to save his life dies yeah the, the, like, the that's totally the... innocent person dies. And, and like, that if, would be the fucked up thing. Honestly, and bringing race into it, the police killing an <laughs> basically unarmed black kid. Exactly. You know? But then, you know, um, because they trope, just cut to... Well, yeah. hold on. I just... I want to talk yeah. about this a little bit more. Like, yeah. because they also just cut to black, they then escape having to, like, talk about that at all. You know? Like, they just... But I don't like, think that was like the point. Was like, I know it's, it's not the point, but guy. if you're gonna bring that in as like a a, sh- a shock factor, I okay, I that's think, a good point. Yeah, you know, maybe you need to talk about it. Like it's just it just should have been left alone. But then yeah. how do you have your you know bittersweet ending? That's the question. <laughs> I mean, I think you get that anyway with the 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 mom getting the, her daughter's Facebook thing unlocked, you know? Right. But what's the dark part of the ending? The dark part is that the guy kills himself. Oh yeah. Or gets shot, you know? I thought like, he was going to get saved. Cause here's the thing. Like, even if he, if he gets, even if that struggle still happens and he, like he is successfully killed, he's still kind of getting his wish to die. You know, like it's mm. not, it's not, a great thing <laughs> right um, um so I, I don't know like there i think there are other ways that they could have ended it and it just feels like like it feels like a cut to black ending without a purpose you know yeah a little bit yeah um just shock ending yeah just just shock ending um anyway other tropes <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, one trope which I just haven't ever seen it, seen it named like this, which um, is just the angst over his his uh, his wife di- his fiance dying. Uh, it's called "I Let Gwen Gwen Stacy Die," named after Spider Man. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess Spider Man basically invented the you know long term grieving over somebody's death that was kind of your fault but also not really i mean there was a drunk driver involved in the crash whether it was your fault or not you know like there was also a drunk driver right um and in the same way spider-man is he really responsible for gwen stacy's death like could she have survived if not for the whiplash could he have known you know who's to say yeah Social media is bad. That's the name of the trope <laughs> that can just describe every single episode. Social yeah. media, bad. Bad. The teens. Don't like it. The Boo. teens always texting. Um, I mean, it also has the screw the rules, I have money stuff with, like, the CEO, Topher Grace, basically being yeah. like, I'll use God mode on Facebook to, like... Well, I think it's supposed to be, like, presenting, like, the hypocrisy. Like, these CEOs, like, they... um. They, you know, they can houses. avoid ideology. They can avoid the technology and go to somewhere where literally signals can't reach them. Right. They can become unreachable where everyone else is trackable. Everyone else is mm-hmm. findable. No one else can really get off the grid because of class. So I think right. that's an interesting concept. They don't really do that much with it, but mm-hmm. it's definitely there. Yeah, it is. 
I mean, I would just watch a whole episode that was just about a bunch of um, CEOs going on, like, one of their, like, spiritual retreats and just pointing out, like, their hypocrisy and, like, making fun of them. And and then, like, you know, they, like, all do peyote and, like, are throwing up or something. <laughs> that would be yeah. funny. I'd, like, I'd watch that. And Topher Grace could still be in it. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. There's a, a great visual pun. I mentioned that... Uh, his character, Topher Grace's character, is in this, um, like, glass house in the middle of the desert to, like, meditate and, like, uh, detox for days. Those in glass so houses. he's literally, he, and, you know, as he's talking to, to Chris on the phone, he's, like, throwing rocks into a gorge. So he's a man living in a glass house throwing stones. So literally. stupid. So dumb. So dumb. Charlie Brooker, you think he's so fucking deep. Ugh. Uh, all right, and then any tropes for uh, uh, for Rachel, Jack, and Ashley too? The Miley Cyrus episode. Yeah, God, this one. Ugh. Ugh. There's definitely it's um it was stunt casting, you know, like oh um, yeah, you know, getting, like getting Miley, Miley Cyrus, Cyrus in there. Yeah. Um. There's an attempted dolls. creepy dolls that try to do an attempted mercy kill on their real life bodies because they uh, don't want to be trapped in basically musical slavery to their crazy aunt anymore. Like that has a lot of implications too, that like the episode totally isn't interested in like, yeah, you know, people who are suicidal, you know, often doubt themselves later, you know, like, so can you ever like truly make the decision to commit suicide if, like, given a different circumstance or a different mood, even, you wouldn't do it. Right. You know, and what, what constitutes a real decision, like, your real brain making well, a I'm real like, decision. You know, this whole thing sort of flirts with, like, what it means to have a perfect virtual copy of yourself <laughs> exist. But, like, it doesn't actually try to interrogate that at all, you know? Like, well, I thought it was like thousands of mass-produced copies of yourself. Well, but it is, but they all have the brain limiter on. But then they take the brain limiter off of like the one Ashley two. But she's totally conscious. Like you can. That's that's that was the implication. Is like because she remembers right. everything from their interactions together. So she's totally constantly in pain and suffering because her brain limiter's on. Right. But so, like, what does that morally mean? Like, they don't discuss that at all. Well, that's because it's boring, and I wouldn't want them to discuss that. Because, yeah, obviously it's stupid and terrible and fucked up, but we already dealt with that back in the Christmas special. Did we? Oh, I guess. Yeah, having a copy of your brain, like, well, yeah, sitting and there. USS Callister, I guess, too. Yeah, and others. And others. Bad, that's fair. Bad, it's just bad like, shit. right, they're just bringing it back. Like, they've already said that it's bad, but now we're supposed to be, like, sympathetic and, like,. I don't know. All right. I think I think this is like a good talk, you know? <laughs> yeah. This is, I think this is some good vibes, you know, um, just being able to shit on Charlie Brooker and his like, you know, transparent lack of have, talent. Um, here's and, a question for you because yeah. I, ha- I have not done this yet. Um, have you had a chance to watch any of Jordan Peele's uh, Twilight Zone reboot that he's nope. doing for CBS? Not interested. It's on a CBS exclusive streaming site. No, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I think you um, can also, actually get it. it's not Rod Serling. It's not Rod Serling, but I think you can get it if you have an Amazon Prime membership right now. Uh, I saw it. I saw it like floating around in there. Um, All right. Well, if you watch it, I'll I'll watch it. Yeah. Uh, I, it's as just... of right now. I don't know. I, I'm curious to see how it holds up against, like, current Blackberry. Like, obviously not original Twilight Zone, but, like... Like, original it... Twilight Zone was just so good. It had this ability to tell a moral parable succinctly and quickly in a half hour. Yeah. Not all this faffing around, to borrow a British phrase. Yeah. Law faffing. <laughs> just a lot of faffing around. Um... And it would just get to the fucking point, make its point yeah. and get out. And because of the way it was shot and just how carefully acted it was, like everything was impactful and horrifying or charming or whatever it was going for in that particular episode. And right. it wasn't just the same moral griping over and over again. It was a right. different 
moral question and it's left ambiguous each time. It's not right. clear necessarily exactly what it's saying. Yeah. For sure. And Black Mirror is like, what What if you're... What if social media what is if, bad? What if social media is you? And what if you are social media? And what if... What, what if, if the corporations are, are making fake pop stars out of holograms? And people in comas. Wouldn't that be fucked up, man? What if, what what if, if they're taking your games? songs directly out of your brain hole and then they make what them if, happy and corporate? What if you were gay but not really, man? It's what if you were like what if you were like forced game? to jerk off into your friend? Like what if that what if you were made to do it? Like you didn't have a choice. Like oh that wouldn't that be God. terrible? Oh my god. He's such a horny fuck. Um <laughs> uh, Brooker. Get a girlfriend. Or get a girlfriend if you're married, stop get a writing, mistress. Stop. <laughs> or just talk to your wife about what she yeah. needs. Um, well, or what you yeah. need, you know, what what anybody needs. Uh but also stop writing Black Mirror. I, I think it needs We're to done end. Here. We're done here. Uh yeah, I don't know. I like I don't even know if I would want to see like one final episode or something. I'd be fine if he just like stopped. I feel like at this, this point. is the perfect culmination. It's it's like this horrible teen pop bullshit fake gay. Yeah, like it's it's like him rants. like translating him translating like a story about like a you know a lawyer who gets reincarnated into a dog or something and like He's taking that and like putting his twist on it where it's all about drug overdoses and yeah. suicide and Ugh. and he's so like, look how stupid. twisted my brain is and look how twisted you are for watching it. <laughs> twisted, man. <sighs> and maybe you're twisted for listening to this podcast about it too, man. And for listening to pop music, which is man. bad inherently because I'm Gen X. And fuck teenage girls who like pop music. They're terrible. Boo. Alright, I think uh, we've I think we've beaten this to death. Yeah. Um, Alright. <laughs> check in with us next time. We got more stuff coming. Yeah. Um keep keep following along. We'll we'll continue to have our Avatar The Last Korra uh rewatch where we simultaneously are rewatching both Avatar and The Legend of Korra and sort of comparing, contrasting them, talking about what we like, what we don't like. Um, yeah. And if you got yeah. comments for us, like, like hit us up on, on Twitter at Talking Tropes. You know, uh, again, I got to call out any family court lawyers who know about <laughs> stuff. Uh, I am currently going through a divorce, so uh, I need all you the can, help I can get. You all, yeah. Um, wow, David, your life's really <laughs> falling apart over there. Yeah, car crash and then divorce. Did, uh, did your... I'm losing the kids. Um, <laughs> so this this uh, Black Mirror sucks now. What's even the yeah, point? Now, and now Black Mirror sucks on top of all that? You should just kidnap a Netflix employee so that you can yell yeah. at the president of Netflix about how much watching Black Mirror sucked. Yeah, and you can donate to my Patreon if you feel really bad that yeah. I crashed my car. <laughs> can really use it guys um yeah you can also find our patreon it's talking tropes um yeah and and hit us up we'll we'll see you next week see ya